Zip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, challenge, and empower collaboration while taking actions that matter. With your host, beauty maker Christina Wirtz, recruiting genius Jennifer Rojas, and lover of all things marketing, Elisa Lane. Are you selling or buying a home that needs upgrading or repairs? Get free contracting services when you buy or sell a home with Matthew Makovic Real Estate Solutions. Put expertise to work for you. Matthew is a licensed general contractor and a licensed real estate agent with Lux Real Estate Group. Drop the hassles and maximize your value with this unique two-for-one service. Call 520-465-4640 today or check out fixitlistedsold.com. That's fixitlistedsold.com. Good morning. Fixitlistedsold.com. I kind of love that. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Are you back from the beach? I am. Spring breaking? I was spring breaking, yes. It's nice. very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never been to Rocky Point. I, which I find know that like, so hard to believe. I know. I mean, it's like... I like the desert. It is, but that's kind of what's perfect about it. It's like deserty beach. Although I... Is that really a beach? Oh my gosh, yes. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> you need to go. Yes, it is. A, I think that's part of my not going. I don't believe it. Like, you know, on. Mexico has like incredible beaches, right? You are aware that That's it's like, <laughs> right? Like it's not just Rocky Point. Like Mexico is well known for Cabo. So like, I need my passport. Is that, like, kind of really like, official? Yes, I think, I think you do because the food is really good. The, you know, the tequila flows freely. Wait, you were having some tequila? I do not drink tequila. Tequila and I are not oh. friends, so I don't partake in tequila, but. Wow. It just seemed like the good thing to say that would flow freely in, in Rocky Point. That's awesome. It was fun. Yeah, it was great, a good time. So the kids got to run around and they get in the water. It's still too cold for me. I like mine a little bit more. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'll have to venture out one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and talking about tequila, so funny. You just reminded me. I ran into one of our guests a while back, the owner of Delight. He just opened oh, yeah. a new restaurant called Tacos, Tequila, and Whiskey. Wow. It's a must try. Yeah, cause I, and I like that order. Like, I know. You have tequila, you eat some tacos, <laughs> and then you can rally with some whiskey. I like that. And you probably have a cigar <laughs> if you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> I am not. That is a, that is a, that's one of the worst hangovers I ever had. So I've with the cigar? Oh, my. Oh, my God. It's like the most soothing thing for me. Not really? Yeah, oh I'm my. having one tonight. Yeah. Ugh, nope. Oh, all right. Well. No, but that's okay. That's why it to takes each all their own. To each their own. Exactly. Awesome. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm actually really excited. We have a lot of events coming up. It's, you know, like the nonprofit yeah. fun fest yeah, season yeah. starting up again. And uh, we have one actually who partnered with us, Arizona Foundation for Women, who's having their awards luncheon on Monday. I saw that. So I will definitely be there. And it is definitely the place to be. So some great awards being given out and some cool. great people. And I think I'll be sitting with one of our um, guests. Uh, Stephen Eric Connors. Okay. Who, um, oh, yeah. ta- who's how I heard about it. Nice. So I was happy to connect with him and learn more about the event. Yeah, no, it looks and, like an amazing event. And it looks yeah. like, I mean, the foundation, you know. Uh, I know. Yeah. yeah. I think it's doing great. some good. Yeah, I, I know. I think that's, uh, it's great to see that that stuff's starting up again. And it's a great, those are great foundations to support that help local women and children. So yeah. I'm all for it. Have you been to that one yet? I've not been to that one. Mm-hmm. No, but it looks like it's going to be a... Very nice one. So hopefully they'll get some good donations and do some good. Yeah. March yeah. 25th, they have a Lifetime Achievement Award going out to someone special. Nice. Do you know who that is? Uh, do I know who did? Yeah. Are we allowed to announce it? I guess you can. I mean, it's been talked about. I know it's one of their, uh, it's a board member. No? 
No, I, I don't know. Oh. You may have to look online. Oh, see I see. That's why I was like, I was like, I, should I say it? <laughs> I don't know what you're. <laughs> All right. We'll keep the mystery continuing. Continue, yeah. You yes. don't have to go look Good up look, go Arizona look Foundation for Women and take a look at who's going to be there and who's receiving the Lifetime Award. <laughs> Um, so what else is going on? I know we're talking to Stephanie Orr today from casacares.org and, um, great organization. I actually got to talk to her about what she does. She's been with the organization for, gosh, it's been several years. I know that's in my notes, 31 years. Yeah. So she's been with the organization for 31 years. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to talking to her about it. And also, um, she's got an event coming up this coming Thursday that we can actually talk about. And she's going to hop in here in just a moment. Um, But she's been providing services for several years. And CASA has been providing services in the Valley for over 45 years. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Um, And one of the conversations we had um, over the phone before we we met here was about social-emotional learning, SEL, Mm -hmm. And I'm um, looking forward to having her tell us more about that. And um, welcome, Stephanie. How are you? You want to talk right into the mic? Yes. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So um, talk more about SEL. I know we talked a little bit about it on the phone when we spoke. Um, and it's social-emotional learning, which I think I need. So I don't <laughs> know if I can go back for that. But. Um, well, basically... The emotional intelligence movement started in the early 90s. Not really sure what promoted it, started it, but um, our major universities around the world were studying what causes human beings to be their most effective self in their job, in their personal life with their friends, really self-actualize their their most successful self. And so they started studying like 40,000 people and um, looked at what's the common denominator? Is it that they have a really high IQ? And they quickly ruled out IQ is not an indicator of any success at all. You could be a genius lawyer and be a horrible lawyer, not a good spouse, et cetera. Right. Uh, so then they started looking at, well, was it how well you did in school? Your grade point average, everything like that. And they quickly ruled that out. And so they thought, well, there must be some competencies then about these people. What is it? And right away they re- realized that we human beings have 3,000 emotions from all research studies were complicated. And that um, those people who were most successful had a really high knowledge of their own emotions. They could um, figure out what they're feeling at, at one time, five feelings at the same time. Um, and, and what caused that? What was the scenario that caused that? There, what I love about the emotional intelligence movement and the social and emotional learning movement is that they have said, there's no such good thing as good feelings or bad feelings. Mm-hmm. There's uncomfortable feelings and comfortable feelings. Uncomfortable feelings are those that are really hard to take. You're frustrated, you're embarrassed, you feel rejected. Um, and if we have a limited vocabulary of what are our emotions, uh, p- children especially, teens and adults, might take those uncomfortable feelings and call it anger. So they feel like they're angry all the time when really they're embarrassed or they're frustrated or they feel rejected, mm-hmm. which means you're hurt and you might want to cry. So your reactions aren't the same. And so what they did was began to identify these um, emotions, and then they began to realize that you can, it, well, the, Daniel Goleman is the main author that brought this university study from the walls of the university to the public mm-hmm. by writing a m- major best-selling book 
called emotional intelligence, and he started calling it EQ. Mm -hmm. You have your IQ, intellectual quotient, and you have your EQ, your emotional quotient. And so when he started doing that, major universities as well started figuring out how do we teach someone emotional intelligence? How do we increase it? So they began to develop programs for children as young as kindergarten. And they watched the brain change. Neuroscience is very, very invested in this. And they watched the brain change, and you can see your emotional intelligence increasing and increasing positive qualities like compassion, empathy, kindness. Um, The ability to make a, a life of positivity versus negativity or optimism versus pessimism. So they began to teach that, and then they started calling it social emotional learning. So in the adult world, it's kind of called EQ or EI, emotional intelligence, and in the education arena, it's called social emotional learning. It is the education and the skill development, which is huge, um, to develop and increase someone's emotional intelligence. Now you say preschool, like I can't even imagine having a preschooler have the time or like how do you even get around their own activities in their own mind and well we teach in a lot of preschools and um, you try to have a specific uh, time of day where you're going to focus on this you know sit in a circle they call it the circle meeting Um, and so you might say who can tell me what happy means who can tell me what sad feels like who's ever been embarrassed in here you'd be shocked at what of Uh, they are able to say. Do you ever film these and like allow them to be seen in a wider? Uh, We do sometimes, but there are some wonderful websites in our country. Like you might be familiar with, you know, George Lucas, the producer, Mm -hmm. and he has um, his um, utopia, Edutopia, his radio, um, his, um, it's a whole uh, network. um, And what he has on there a lot of videos of programs because he specializes in education, innovation in education, a lot of math and science, STEM, but he's got a whole part of what he does, which is emotional intelligence, social emotional learning, and you can watch children of all ages in his film. The other thing I love to do is just go to YouTube mm-hmm. and you can videotape, I'm sorry, you can you know look watch. at videotapes. My favorite one I've seen in videos like testing kids is the marshmallow test. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yes. I love that. I know, Have you seen adorable. that, Jen? No. Oh, you've got to check it out. It, it's, they they test to see how patient kids can be. So they oh. promise them an extra one if they wait for, I don't know, 30 minutes or something. And you can see some of them lick it or some of them just can't take it and they eat it. So... It's just funny to see how their behaviors are even at that young age. And there's a reward. I, They're going to get a whole bunch of marshmallows if they don't eat that one and they leave them in a room by themselves. And right. it's just hysterical. Mm-hmm. No, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a surprised that knowing as much as we do about that being a key to success and, um, uh, you know, uh, contentment or, you know, how you, how you engage with the world both locally and global. I'm surprised we don't have it starting in, you know, preschool and then have it go all the way through as a mandatory thing that we teach people how to do. Like, I Well, find this is it, part of the movement that you're yes, a part of, too. So I know, but it's been around for, I mean, it's, it's yeah. decades, right? You know, it's, so just it's still interest- not part yeah. of a, so, I, sorry, soapbox, like a regular a curriculum. Thing. It should mm-hmm. be like, that should be like math, reading, it, mindfulness, <laughs> <and> social <laughs> emotional learning, you know? Completely. You know, like we're starting to say, it's the key to how to be happy. Yeah. This is how you can learn to be happy. The, um, you know, like you say with math, I mean, we know that when we start kindergarten, you're going to start to learn numbers right. and you're going to take math almost all the oh. way through high school. Right. 
and it's going to get more and more complicated. Right. Um, so the same thing with emotional intelligence right. or teaching social emotional learning it should be part of the DNA, the yeah. fabric of every school in America. Right. Um, and it should be taught every single day and thread yes. throughout every lesson. Yes. Now, what does that teach us about compassion when we just read about Abraham Lincoln? Right. So um, constant, constant reminder. One thing I like to talk and teach people is, you know, we know that there are skills that we build in life. And golf is my favorite example. You know, you can be an incredibly wonderful, amazing golfer, kind of okay, and not very good at all. Um, And everyone knows that in order to be up here as a golfer, you have to practice all the time for years it takes. Well, for some reason, why do we think that this is maybe the most hardest thing about life is your own emotions and being able to feel like you can control your emotions versus your emotions control you. Mm -hmm. Relationships are one of the hardest things we face. Communication skills are incredibly hard, especially in difficult situations. And so it takes skill and practice to build your social and emotional learning competencies, again, to be your most successful self. One thing that I think is fascinating is, I mean, when I'm I grew up, they discovered a cure for polio. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like the whole nation swept with a mandatory, you'd have to go to your school and you get a little sugar cube. Mm -hmm. And it was full of the, you know, antibody for polio. The the vaccine. The vaccine. And um, we have had from since the 90s, a, a test you can take, a survey for children as young as third grade, mm-hmm. they can go into a computer, answer questions, and it comes out with a score of how high your emotional intelligence is. So you could be a teacher and mm-hmm. have a ma- just a regular part of the year, mm-hmm. test all the kids in your class and go, whoa, this class has no empathy. We've got to really work on empathy mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Or individually, this, these five children really need this the most. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, then teach, 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 and test them again. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like it's almost criminal in a way that we don't give children something like this mm-hmm. in third grade and give them these skills to allow them to be their happiest, most successful self. Right. Yeah, and take that with them into adulthood. As it, for adults, are you able, um, can you change your EQ? Is Absolutely. That- and again, neuroscience has proven you can watch the brain, the colors that they have, you know, on mm-hmm. those brain scans, and you can... Take EQ exercises, activities, literature, and you can expand, expand it, and you can see it change in the brain. That's cool. Wow. So you, we mentioned earlier, like, the movement that is being, uh-huh. you know, 15 states, I think, are being. Yes, tell us more you. about that, because that's definitely part of something that I definitely want to encourage. And how, how can we support that movement? Because I think it's like having my kids already done with school, like, pretty much. But like my future's there too, like my grandkids and their kids. And uh-huh. I want to see this actually really become something that we can all have this compassion, empathy, and availability to knowing what we're feeling and describe it and express it in a way that actually gives us fulfillment. Fabulous. Um, I'm really lucky because it was about maybe six years ago I got to go to an international emotional intelligence conference called Nexus. There was 45 countries represented about 250 people, all experts in emotional intelligence, Um, mostly teaching emotional intelligence to adults as consultants to their community, businesses, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we were at the Harvard Medical School for five days just taking these amazing workshops. And in the lobby every day, um, there was a table with a man sitting behind there. And I finally walked up to him one day and said, what are you doing? And he said, 
that his name was Mitch Lyons. He was a retired lawyer, and he had just discovered social-emotional learning. And he decided to make it his passion for the rest of his life to get SEL integrated into every school in Massachusetts. So he started the SEL and then the number 4MA, SEL for Massachusetts. And he was just recruiting advocates, people from all walks of life, of all ages, to come on board to be an advocate that we're going to get this in every single school. He's got 2,000 members at this point, and they have gone in and changed the law, educational policies. They partner with Wellesley College, which has an emotional intelligence department that has a curriculum called Open Circle, and they teach emotional intelligence, social-emotional learning to children. And they're in 200 schools in Boston alone. Hmm. So they're just radically, and I just said, can I copy you? Can I bring this to Arizona? And he said, absolutely. So we've been working together since. And since so we're the second state, which Arizona doesn't usually rise to the top of lists. <laughs> Here's our one time. Um, so not really. Um, and um, so, Education is tough, though. So yes, it, it is. is, good yes. is so. so SEL for Arizona, mm-hmm. CASA has formed. And then we now have 15 states. And they come on once a month. We have a conference call with all 15 states. And we have just recently solidified SEL for U.S., SEL for the United States. And so our big goal is to do massive campaigns to teach people about what we're talking about and get more people to advocate, I want SEL in my child's school. I want SEL everywhere. If you think about the different societal problems that Mm -hmm. we have, Mm -hmm. homelessness, runaways, eating disorders, prostitution, sexual abuse, domestic violence, racism, your core in those problems is a lack of emotional intelligence, a lack of understanding your own emotions and being able to control your emotions mm-hmm. and people resorting to violence mm-hmm. or drugs or whatever that destroys their lives um, because they were never taught mm-hmm. how to have this wonderful opportunity. So um, if we started you know, right now in preschools, just think you know, by the time somebody graduates from high school, if it was everywhere, in 13 years, only 13 years out of the history of mankind, we could dramatically change our entire world mm-hmm. for good. So someone listening right now, what would be the next step for them to take as far as getting on board and becoming an, an affiliate? or an, I mean, what's the best word to say? I don't... Well, one thing I'd love is educate yourself. Like we were talking, go, down, go to the um, internet, go to YouTube, just start reading everything you can. The next thing is to advocate. Um, I would want people to call CASA. If they said, my child's in a school and I want that, will you be willing to come and talk to the principal? Absolutely. Um, I also want people to advocate by taking this on. Where, let's say you invited your best friends to your house or, or you at your office um, said, I'm having uh, CASA come in and teach us all about SEL and emotional intelligence and talk about how we can integrate that at work. Mm -hmm. Um, how can we be better parents by integrating everybody go to their schools and say we want this so it's really educating yourself educating others and advocating everywhere you can to get this in and the website is casacares.org is there a lot more information as well there there is a lot of information Um, we are loading more we are building an SEL website that's just separate Um, again those wonderful people in Massachusetts They created a website for every state in this country to just literally copy so that we also are uniform in what we're presenting. 
So um, we're copying that and, and loading it in so there'll be more information. There's a video that I think is really worth going to the CASA website for. Um, it lasts about six minutes, and it was um, a film taken of us in at least 15 different schools. You can watch us teaching SEL. Um, there's interviews by teachers, by principals, all kinds of educators saying why they think this is so important and what, how it's affected their school, and darling interviews with children saying what they learned. So it's really worth watching that video, and I think you'll really increase your knowledge of what this is all about. I love that. Another thing um, I'd recommend is, and I can put this on our website, there's a wonderful literature list uh, that Wellesley put out, and it's got books that are recommended for parents and teachers to read to their children starting in preschool all the way through high school, and they're fabulous books. So there's darling stories of empathy and kindness and accepting differences. So um, that would be a core that I'd want to have in my home. Now, are these popular books? Like one of my favorites is The Giving Tree. I'm hoping that's on the list. But are these popular books that are on this list? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, you have to kind of look for them. One, one that, that children love. I'm not even sure why. It's just universal. All children love this book. But it's called How Full Is Your Bucket? I don't know if you've ever heard of that. They kind of use an analogy. Um, two children are kind of maybe being mean to each other. And the grandfather says, um, you know, when you cut down someone, when you tease them, when you're mean to them, um, kind of think of your body like a bucket. And you're putting holes in your bucket. And all the goodness, all the feeling good about yourself when you're mean to somebody else makes that stuff pour out of their bucket. What you want to do is fill your bucket. Fill it. Fill it full of um, positivity, um, and we can do that by giving compliments. So at our schools, for example, we have a bucket, um, and we pass it around the circle, and children put compliments in there to other children, and then they read them. We do fun exercises like have all the children write compliments, and then in the library after school or during lunch hour, go in there and hide these little compliments in books so when someone opens, all of a sudden they run into a compliment. We have high five day, you know, where you give high fives. Just all kinds of ways to be kind and spread. Uh, make it so that it's um, contagious, that you want to be good. It's really amazing to watch children um, just, this, they're thirsty for this. They want to be happy. Um, my favorite part about what we do is at the end of a semester, we ask children, what did you like or learn in the CASA classes? We have them seven questions. And from Maryvale to Paradise Valley, wherever, they say the same types of things. I learned to like myself for the first time. I learned how to have friends. I finally have a teacher who likes me. When we say, what didn't you like or learn? It's hysterical. They say, I didn't like it when that SEL class got canceled one week. <laughs> or I didn't like it when I didn't get my fair turn to talk. And so it's positive, you know, what they say. When we say, how do you feel in this you know, SEL class, and they say, I feel safe, I love to share my emotions. We have them at the end circle a yes or a no. If you could be in this class again next semester, would you like to? Please circle yes or no. These kids say, take yes, and they draw stars around it. Stars, stars, stars. <laughs> you know, it's just so adorable. One little boy, I think he was in the second grade, wrote me a thank you. And he wrote, I like myself one zero 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 zero. He covered the entire piece of paper in zero times more than I ever liked myself before, Aww. you know, in the second grade. <laughs> so what does the program look like? How long do you go in and how do you engage with the teachers and the students? 
Very good question. Um, there's some challenges. Number one, there are something like 65 curriculums in the world um, to are proven to be effective to teach social emotional learning to children in schools. Unfortunately, their um, same model is that you're going to sell it to the school, and then the school is going to call in the teachers, and they're going to have a two-day training on how to teach that curriculum. Mm. But the reality is those teachers go back to the classroom and they're swamped mm -hmm. with academics and pressure for good grades and scores. Mm -hmm. So pretty soon, inevitably, they start putting the SEL program aside. And um, so in our country, we have an average of purchasing like 14 curriculums to do good at a school, bullying prevention, et cetera. And they are sitting on shelves because it's just so hard for the teacher. So what CASA did about 10 years ago, maybe more, we developed a really wonderful model where we go to a school because we are the Center for Positive Social Change. We know that people don't change by being told from now on, you're going to do this. Mm -hmm. So if a principal decides that from now on, teachers, everyone's doing this, there's almost an automatic, you know, um, Pushback. push. Yes. So... Um, what we do is we give them a little taste of it. And we go in and we say, could we have our own classroom, just a small room, and we'd like you principals and teachers to go through every classroom in your school and circle the name of the kids that you already know are problematic. Um, they might be Columbine kids, you can tell in first grade. They're aggressive, they're bullies, they're, they're mean, whatever it would be, they lack social skills. And we're gonna ask you to, to have them come to our classroom once a week so like you might have first graders at 9 o'clock, second graders at 10 o'clock, every single week for the entire school year, those children that are identified as needing this the most come to the CASA, CASA classroom. So we call that SEL groups. Mm -hmm. It's remarkable to watch these children change. Practicing, practicing, communication skills, et cetera, making decisions that you want to have a life like this of positivity. Um, and you could also see the school increasing attendance, decreasing um, discipline referrals with those same children mm -hmm. that were so aggressive and always in trouble. They call them frequent flyers because mm -hmm. they're in the principal's office so often. So then what happens when the teachers start to think, whoa, wow, they come to us always and say, can I put more of my students in your group? So then we say, how would you like it if we came into your classroom? So we kind of move into phase two. We start teaching in the classroom. They always say no more than once, once a month. I've got too much other things going on. So we say, fine, once a month. Then they pretty soon say, can you come in once a week? Then pretty soon we say, would you like me to teach you how to teach um, SEL in your academic classroom? So by role modeling, we start teaching with them, pretty soon turning it over to them. So that's called phase three. Um, then we also have phase four, which has involved the parents. I mean, obviously it's a huge need for the parents to learn what we're talking about and to learn how to teach themselves how to increase their emotional intelligence, what it even means, and then to raise their children um, by sharing maybe at the dinner table, if people eat at the dinner table anymore, um, what does it mean to feel embarrassed? Anybody want to share a time you felt embarrassed? Um, and praise people for sharing emotions. So we also then um, bring in volunteers. We need volunteers. We can't, on, you know, nonprofits can't do this on a budget alone to change the whole world. But businesses, for example, could um, have a volunteer program where they allow employees to go to the school that they've adopted, and we teach them how to read these books, it's that simple, um, at the school and get it integrated every facet of the school that we can. So those are our five phases. Mm. Um, 
you know, group, classroom, train the teachers, train the parents, get volunteers. Wow. I love that. Um, I'd, I'd like to see how more adults can get involved. I did hear about the parents being involved, but as an adult, if you're hearing this and feeling, okay, I may be the problematic one, um, how do we get more help? But we're actually going to get to that right after this quick little commercial. Hello, thanks for calling Next Level, where we invest in people and fund their dreams. We help you with personal and business loans, credit enhancement, investments, insurance, and so much more, so you don't have to keep chasing your financial tail all the time. Uh, hey Susan, your number came up and I think it's your cat and dog again. Tell them to stop calling and go online to nlbcgroup.com. That's nlbcgroup.com. And why is it so warm in here? That's Next Level Business Concepts Group, Susanna, where we invest in people and fund their dreams. Oh, my. Let's face facts. Your business is either growing or dying. Limeware Promotions wants to help your business grow. The strategy is not only to get seen, but remembered. And that's where Limeware comes in. We're here to help you come up with some fun and catchy promotional ideas so you get seen and remembered. At Limeware, we are ready to take on all your promotional needs from custom embroidery hats and screen print shirts all the way to business cards and pens. Limeware Promotions. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and let the growing begin. So you've been, um, Stephanie, I'm sorry, we're, we're back with Casa cares.org and I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that you've been with them for 31 years <laughs> so you've seen quite a lot oh absolutely yeah you know it's really is fascinating because 30 years ago when I started at CASA we were called the Center Against Sexual Assault we were the Rape Crisis Center of Maricopa County that's where the acronym CASA came from mm. I came naively thinking oh I'm going to be working with women maybe adult women and when I got to CASA I was really surprised that Mostly we were working with children who'd been sexually abused. So I quickly changed the name to Center Against Sexual Abuse to better reflect in our community that we're a child crisis center. At that time, I call it sort of the era of responding. We had a 24-hour helpline, 24-hour advocacy services where we would go to the hospital when a victim arrived in the emergency room, and we provided counseling for people who'd been victims of sexual assault or sexual abuse or any kind of family violence. But some genius at CASA, before I got there, she was a therapist and she was seeing children in, in her counseling sessions who'd been sexually abused and thinking to herself, you know what, I hear the same scenario over and over. It's not a stranger, someone that this child knew, someone that told the child it's a special relationship and to keep it a special secret. She thought, what if I could go to children as young as kindergarten and tell them, if anybody ever tells you these things, they are not true. You don't need to have this happen to you. And so she called it Kids Talk, No More Secrets. And she started teaching it when she could, like maybe 2,000 students a year. When I came and saw that program, that I call it my change of life, I thought every child in America deserves to have that program as young as kindergarten since one out of three children are sexually abused, one-third of which by the time they reach kindergarten. Sexual abuse lasts eight years with an average of 120 um, abuse attacks. And um, what if we could stop it in kindergarten? So we started teaching that program, and I'm very proud to say that since I started, we've taught that to over a million children in Maricopa County. And we've arrested hundreds of sex offenders and stopped abuse for thousands. 
So prevention education is the key. So we went to this evolution where I started thinking, let's prevent all these problems. So then we started teaching a teenage dating violence prevention mm -hmm. program. What is jealousy? What do mood swings tell you about a person? Um, what, what is possessiveness? Um, what constitutes sexual harassment? What now, are these for boys and girls? We do it in, in, we used to only do it in high school when I started. Now we are as young as fifth grade. Wow. And so we go in four days in a row and cover what is a healthy relationship versus a not healthy relationship look like? What are controlling behaviors? Yes. How do people not they don't punch you in the face on the first date? They start to take you down and work on you more and more till they get you so low they can do whatever they want. Sexual harassment the second day. So um, we cover all these topics and these students, we've taught it to about 80,000, love to talk about this. Um, and then we thought, well, how do we stop people from becoming abusive people? From becoming bullying people. So we started teaching bullying prevention 20 years ago, um, just again in schools all around the valley. But I personally started getting really involved in the schools myself. I had been a little more re removed from actually being there until about 10 years ago. And I began to observe, you know what, teaching people not what to do, like bullying prevention, nope, nope, no, no bullying zone, is not really that successful. Instead, we need to replace mm. negative learned behaviors with positive social and emotional learning. Mm -hmm. And the more that we saw the miracle of how quickly that happens, we began to not teach bullying prevention as our only program to prevent people from becoming abusive and violent. We started teaching social and emotional learning. We kind of call it 80-20. 80-20 positive SEL, 20% um, bullying prevention. Hmm. So it's very, very amazing. And so we're probably one of the largest prevention education centers in the country. But every, this should be everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. So. I, I'm listening because I have a 12-year-old uh, little girl. And it is, it's, I, I'm, I'm listening to talk about relationships. And it's not just male-female either. Um, no. At this age with girls, uh, it's such an interesting um, transition that they go through. And we were just talking last night about, you know, like, this is a hard time. Like kids are, you know, you're trying to figure out, trying to figure out your place in the world. And you do tend to feel that with uh, girls, at least I remember it was a lot of negative emotions, right? You, you do, you like whatever that, whatever that is we do to each other at that age. Um, so I'm thinking like how powerful that would be to have those strong emotional connections and understand what good relationships look like and how to be a good friend. Right. Um, we talk not, about so positive just, power yeah. versus abusive power. Um, you know, you know the term well, drama. You know the girls. <laughs> I do. Oh, my I words. do. <laughs> Better than I wish I did right now. So you know, we kind of teach them. What if you have a friend? You know, that's really wonderful one day, and you're just so happy, and you're just pumped up, so to speak. Yeah. And then the next day, she says something mean. Yeah. You know, what is that? What is that? That's an abuse of power. Um, and so you should be able to tell her, hey, you know, and you should be able to make decision. Do I want that person to be my friend? Because I don't like this up and down roller coaster. Right. Um, and, I, and I'm not going to take it anymore. So um, it's, it's just critical yeah. that these children learn this at an early age. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, going the other way, you know, um, why do we feel like we have to do that? Why do we need to knock people down to feel better, right? That's that, 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 there's that weird thought of that. And so that ability to teach people like that's not being powerful. Well, sometimes yeah. they say bullying is a pathway to popularity at schools because we pride ourselves and think about television, mm -hmm. you know, on sarcasm, yeah. um, a cynicism, 
how witty can you get in a way t- by cutting somebody yeah. down or doing something horrible on the internet that yeah. is clever in that sick way. Um, and so we need to replace it yeah. to make it so that it's so contagious to be positive. Yeah. Cultures of kindness versus cultures of cruelty. Right. Uh, but we have a lot of work ahead. I mean, I like to say this movement can't go like a horse and buggy. It has to go like a speeding locomotive. When we see all these problems around us, 100% for 30 years that I've been at CASA, nothing has changed with the statistics that we face. Right. And the kind of movements that we traditionally do um, campaigns with a, a bus, say, that's got a poster of a woman with a black eye, no excuse for abuse. That is not going to change someone right. from beating up their wife right. or husband. And so we've got to learn this is the solution. Social and emotional learning is 1,000 million percent the solution to changing the negative direction our world has gone. Mm. So this, this Thursday, you do have an event and how can people, can, are there still tickets available? Is this something that it can buy online? Or can they support it in some way? Like what's needed? Very good question. Um, yes, there are still tickets. We would love to fill the room. Um, is that available on the website? It is available, okay, the, the whole description of our event. We call our event Brighter Hearts, Kinder Minds. That's what we're trying to raise in our communities. And um, it's our third annual event. Even though we've been in the Valley for 45 years, uh, we used to do the typical nonprofit golf tournament. No one knows what you do. A wine taste, no one cares what you do. Um, (laughs) And so we do this event, which we call mission-based. So the patrons come to the most beautiful. Scottsdale Resort at McCormick Ranch is so beautiful. And we are out on the lawn, and we have a cocktail party from 5.30 to 7, you know, with a raffle table and silent auction table. Um... And people mingling and very heavy appetizers, like a dinner. And at 7 o'clock, we ring a bell, and we all go into the main ballroom. Um, and then CASA puts on a little program for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, to tell what we do with either a video um, or whatever it would be. I'm just going to give you a sneak peek into what we're doing at our program. I love it. Is that we are starting out with a video we made a couple years ago that is... a. a two-minute video, black and white, and it is just incredibly powerful statistics of child abuse, statistics of domestic violence, racism, organized hate crimes, with photos of those situations and newspaper clips. And while that is in the background on the screen, going uh, with all those slides, we have an incredible singer, Charity Lockhart. She sings exactly like Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin. Hmm. And she is going to come out and sing Change is Gonna Come, Aretha Franklin's song. Hmm. While I, that, can fear, I, I feel tears coming already. Like that's yeah, just an powerful. emotional piece. We just try to be really dramatic to yeah. move people's emotions. You've got to come on board, people. And yeah. so um, then I will be coming out and talking about what we're talking about, why this is so important. And my, my big line is, we don't need to live like this. Mankind created our civilization. We don't have to live like this. We can change it, but we've got to work hard and we've got to work together. And then what happens is um, we honor some pe- two people, an honoree, um, Benet Hilton Spiegel. She's being honored for all of her incredible compassion and kindness and philanthropy in our community. And then we're honoring um, our wonderful Michael Bernard and Vincent Van Fleet, which are the directors of the Phoenix Theater oh, yeah. and a married couple. I used to work there. Oh, oh, oh that's so funny. Yeah. I love them. 
And so we're honoring them. We've had a video made of them, you know, just a one three-minute video that we're showing, giving them the awards. And then we have a live auction begin with an amazing Brett Higgins auctioneer. And he's just so exciting. We have seven items that will go quite quickly. Their trips and their dinners, like at Christopher's or Mark Tarbell's restaurant for 10 people. Um, and then we move into what they call the paddle raise, where the auctioneer says, would anybody here be willing to adopt a whole school? It costs $10,000 and $10,000 only for CASA to go to a school the whole entire year, every week, and teach these programs. What a value. Okay, how many at 10? How many at 5? How many at 2,500, 1,500, et cetera? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really fun. And then that ends, and that'll be ending at about 8, so that lasts about an hour. Then people will go back outside where we have more appetizers, um, desserts and coffee, and um, Charity Lockhart and her band will be singing for a couple hours. So fun. Wow. Sounds amazing. like a great night. It's a fabulous night. I just love it. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And this is your fourth one? This is our third, third one, one that we're going to be doing. Very cool. I have to tell you, last year, I worked so hard on this event um, that the night before, at midnight, I'm driving home from the hotel and realizing on my to-do list, going through my to-do list, I completely forgot to buy something to wear. <laughs> and I just freaked out, went home, tried on all these clothes in the middle of the night and realized I don't have anything I can wear. I'm going to wear the same dress I wore the year before. <laughs> So when I got up on the stage, I said, there's an elephant in the middle of the room. Some of you know it. I'm wearing the exact same dress I wore last year. And then I talked about how traumatic it is for me to do something like that <laughs> and that I had to call upon my emotional intelligence to accept this situation. So I called on pride. This is a pretty nice dress, don't you guys think? I called on forgiveness. I have to forgive yourself, Stephanie. You worked really hard and everything else was great, but you had to wear the same dress. So by using all those competencies to explain my situation, people really understood in a fun way what emotional intelligence is and how they need it in their own lives for little things like that. Well, did any of the men in the audience like stand up and say, I'm wearing the same suit? Because <laughs> I'm sure know, that's probably that's something so that true. happens on a regular that basis is for true. men. So funny. I've never yeah. thought about that yeah, before. But, I'm wearing the same suit I was, I've been wearing all week. Or yeah, really. <laughs> that's right. But speaking of men, when we talk about volunteers earlier, that's one thing that CASA really, really promotes is men teaching these topics, um, especially to children in schools. We really like to get young, hip, and cool guys um, representing different ethnicities to learn how to teach kindness and compassion, social-emotional learning, relationship skills. Because some of these little children, maybe little boys, have never seen a role model like this cool guy with maybe tattoos on his arm talking about kindness and um, love and empathy. Now, so, is that a volunteer yes. type position? And mm -hmm. are they trained? Well, we have men that are hired. We have okay. men that work for CASA um, that are mindfulness experts in addition to um, what we're talking about. But it's a huge impact for children to have a man come in mm -hmm. and teach this subject. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of anyone listening, if that's something that they'd want to participate in, that's something that's available for them too. So reaching out to casacares.org is the right thing. Yes, we'd love to recruit more volunteers, train more volunteers. And, you know, like one thing I've been wanting to do forever, so if there's a donor out there um, <laughs> that would like to do something like this, is summer camps. Yeah. When you think about sending your children <clears throat> to camp, um, this could easily be a super fun summer camp that you'd be teaching children about their social-emotional learning um, you know, while they're also doing other fun activities and um, just an incredible growth opportunity. Now, do you say summer camps as far as bringing 
your representatives there or do you have summer camps we, that you we've provide? We've tried that. It's difficult to do, but like you can go to a church maybe and rent the church for the whole summer and have classrooms at the church where the students are in there by their age group. And then they have, a lot of churches have gyms and, you know, wonderful outdoor areas. And so we just kind of turned the building into a summer camp. But we would love to be part of a summer camp too. Mm-hmm. Let's say the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Clubs want to have social emotional classes taught at their camp. They should get a hold of us, and we would love to work with them to do that. What a wonderful idea. Mm-hmm. I know. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good uses for this, and it's amazing. that. So how do you find partners, and how do you get into schools? That was actually one of my questions. Like, how do you find them? Well, um, when I remember the sexual abuse prevention program, I told you we started teaching that 35 years ago, mm-hmm. and it's once a year, school by school. So 35 years ago, we started being in practically every single school district in, in the Valley because we would just travel, and schools began to know us. Mm-hmm. That's why we kept CASA, even though it's not an acronym for Center Against Sexual Abuse. Mm-hmm. Everyone calls us CASA in the schools. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, they just call us. It's word of mouth. We don't promote it at all. And in fact, we right now have 30 schools on a waiting list waiting for us to get the funds to be able to go to their school. So um, it's a matter of funding simply and purely. Mm-hmm. And the schools, can they apply for Grant, how, so it has to be from a private, like it's a donor, you're looking for donors, or they also do grants? and Some schools have some funds once in a while. Sometimes a school has a foundation, their mm-hmm. own foundation. Um, but we like to, or like a PTA has a fundraiser, and then mm-hmm. they can help pay for it. Um, but we also work really closely with schools and write grants together. Okay. Okay. So we write grants to corporations, foundations, um, all over the valley. Um, we'd like to write more grants um, and... Um, the more we can get that kind of funding, then we just take on a school. That's fantastic. How did you get into, involved? Like, how did you find your way to CASA initially? Well, I um, wanted to be a therapist, and so I came out here. I'm from South Dakota, okay. and I came. everybody in South Dakota goes to ASU for spring break and gets <laughs> as tan as they can <laughs> and comes back and, you know, shows off at school. So I couldn't wait to get to Arizona, you know, and uh, go to graduate school. So I came out here and I got my master's degree at ASU in counseling. Um, it's a long program. It's a 65-hour master's degree. Um, and I worked at ASU while I um, did that. And I, didn't, I was a poor student and didn't have a car. But for some reason, I was 20. <laughs> I thought you meant poor. Uh, you were a poor student. I heard the That's same right. thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you I was that, broke, too. You were broke student. Financially <laughs> challenged. I was very financially challenged. And I lived in Sin City. And I worked as a waitress uh, near ASU while I went to school, and I had a bike. And I decided I wanted to be on a board of directors. I have no idea what compelled me to do that at 23 or 4. And I drove my bike over to the Boys and Girls Clubs in Tempe and walked in the door and said, I'd like to join your board of directors. And they let me. I can't believe it. So I was on their board for eight years and um, while I worked at ASU. That was my segue into nonprofits. And then I thought, you know what, I'd like to be the director of my own nonprofit, and I saw the ad for CASA, and I applied and got the job, so. Wow. I haven't looked back since. No. I've had, uh, honestly, a lot of job offers at other nonprofits that were three or four times my salary, um, and I just said, no, I can't. I mean, this is my passion for life. You don't walk away for a cure for cancer once you've discovered it. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, and you have really managed to evolve. Yes, it's been it's quite the evolution and a wonderful 
uh, I think, direction that we took because, again, we're not responding anymore. Right. You know, we're out there prevention. And what could get more positive than teaching positive social and emotional learning? Right. So um, we've landed. This is where we've landed. Though we still do those other prevention programs, certainly. Um, this is our direction. And that social and emotional for Arizona movement is really going to be our next really big move um, to get it integrated into every school in Arizona and get thousands of advocates like they have in Massachusetts. So that S-E-L becomes a household word. Yeah, I love it. So wonderful. Uh, seriously, I know from the conversations we've had, uh, Joni was one of the ones that connected us and hoping to see her on Thursday as well. Um, just thank you for everything that you're doing. Like, it's truly a privilege to have you on the show and expand the knowledge of this and hopefully create some donations and some ticket sales and people that actually want to become advocates of this as well. So increasing, what is it again? S-E-L for AZ and U.S. Correct. So U.S. Yes. Um, We definitely want to get the word out. We'll be sharing this um, show later today. Yeah. And, um, Truly, thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you so yeah. much for this opportunity to be able to reach you know, people with this important message. So I'm really ecstatic that we had this opportunity to see who gives us a call. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Thank you so much, you guys. We'll Thanks. see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you. you.